Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment Podcast. Thank you all for coming back with us again this week. Um, this week is Pastor Jim Parkin, myself, Ashley Chandler, and we're really excited to bring Shawnee Newbecker back on with us. It's been a hot minute, and yes, so I'm just really excited to have you on and be able to have a just a good time tonight. So I'm looking forward yep. to it. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back. So <clears throat> you were in Houston. I was. And you were doing you were doing some some B girl stuff, I see. So what was that? Was that like, so when you guys do and you travel and do that stuff, is that like you're competing or are you guys just getting together? So I traveled alone. Uh, Well, I had my daughter with me, but um, sometimes I travel with my crew, vertical ambition. Sometimes I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, And well, much of the time I don't, I'm usually solo. So I went Mm -hmm. to LA a couple weeks ago. That was a solo trip. It was crazy. LA is crazy. Um, but um LA is crazy in all of the ways. I'm right. telling you, there's no joke, it is crazy in LA. So it was a hard it was a hard trip. The energy in the city is kind of weird. Um mm-hmm. it's more chaotic than than it was the last time I was there. And when I was talking to the locals, they were like, Oh yeah, ever since COVID, mm-hmm. like the energy is crazy weird in the city. So, so anyways, but yeah, with Houston, there was an event called B-Girl City and um, it's celebrating and highlighting women in hip hop culture That's really um, sweet. and highlighting us. And, you know, there's so many times when I'm at an event um, battling or whatever, I'm the only girl there, one of a couple that are dancing. That's it. Like, it's very rare. Right. Female. It's a very male dominated culture. So I needed to get out there just to celebrate being a woman in this culture because that's cool. There's not a lot of celebration about it, you know? So like if there's an opportunity, I'm going for it. So I went and I had an amazing time, got to battle with my mentor, uh, Palmer, who is one of the best B-boys in the world. And he asked me to enter a battle with him, which I about lost my mind. (laughs) <laughs> it was like epic, you know, that he would even ask me. And um, it was just a great time, definite highlight. And uh, it was it was pretty amazing. So it filled my heart up. You know, it was kind of hard, though. Yeah. We had a little bit of a loss, a huge loss, actually, you know. Right. And so I had to, I was in Houston when I found out. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was yeah. So. <laughs> it's cool too, like across the board, uh, you know, in, in, in hip hop culture in like all culture really, but like, I'm a big fan of the fight game. Like if there's people fighting in cages, I don't miss it typically. <laughs> and what's cool is I can remember like when the UFC was starting out and they would ask Dana White, who's the president, like, when are you going to get women in the UFC? And he'd be like, never until he did. You know, and then it was like so quick. And now you have these pay-per-view events where you're paying like, you imagine people are like people, me, are paying 70 bucks a pop to watch these fights. And the women are are the main event. Yep. When like less than a decade ago, 
that was unheard of. And then all of a sudden they're so good that the, the women are the main event. And like this last weekend, there was a, uh, it was the last pay-per-view of the year. So it's always a huge stacked card and these two women fought and they were the, like the co-main event. So it was, that was a championship fight. And then the lightweight men were fighting, but they stole the show. Cause there was this young lady that was like, I'm going to come in here. Cause this chick's been ducking me and I'm going to win. <laughs> and it's one of these women that she was fighting is that has this mystique about her. And a lot of times their aura, like in, in Marshall, probably in the same for you, in hip hop, but the aura of this woman beats people before they even get in the cage. A lot of the time. Yes. So she brings, you know what I'm saying? She brings that to the table. This other chick comes in the Venezuelan vixen she's called, but she comes in. It's like, I'm going to win. You've been ducking me. You don't want this fight. I'm going to win. And she did exactly what she said she was going to do. Wow. And so, so it was like, it's just, you know, it's those moments too. It's, Still, it's sport and all that stuff, and it kind of takes your mind off what's going on in the world. But it's cool to see moments like that, and it's definitely cool to see the ladies coming through and like main eventing over dudes that are like also killers. Yes, and like you know, it's so it's cool to where we've come. Yeah, to where in our lifetime, all of us sitting here, that hasn't always been the case. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So. Yeah, I feel anyway. like there's a lot of room for improvement in that area, but it's still like we're getting that shine, you know, a little, right. bit, more, a yep. little bit more. And it's not even just that somebody's giving us the shine, we're establishing. Right. Yeah. yeah. That shine. Right. You right. Know? Exactly. And now we're like all of us that have always been watching are all of a sudden like, wait a second. Yeah. I'd rather see a Valentina fight than these two knuckleheads because. <laughs> You know, she's savage and it's going to be a good fight, you know, whereas in that particular game initially, kind of the kind of the old heads would be like, no, because, you know, and it would be like, as soon as a girl gets knocked out, no one's going to want to see that. Or as soon as a girl bleeds on TV, you know, no one's going to want to see that. And all those moments came and went. And then it was just like you said, you guys, you're establishing yourself duly earned shine mm-hmm. that's pretty sick anyway so cool <laughs> that's turning page because all of that was neither here nor there really for the topic tonight <laughs> but <clears throat> so what i kind of want to talk about because this is something that through these this these covid years you know that i've personally have struggled with and it's been kind of this apathetic or cavalier statements that people make where it almost feels like, like Ashley and I were talking last night at house church, it kind of feels like people are like giving commentary, you know, or like Monday morning quarterbacking the world I'm working in right now, you know, and it's been, yeah. and part of me, you know, where I, where I'm trying to extend grace, it's like, oh, it's just people talking and it's just, they're trying to get through this deal too and all that. But also, there's part of me that's like, hold on now. Like, you keep saying this isn't a thing. Then all of a sudden, now you've lost a loved one. Now it's a thing. You know? And so, which brings me to my, like, the question that I, I pose to you guys both is apathy, yeah. the new empathy. Or I just put this too on 
Instagram to see if people will answer, but, or is apathy just a, a defense mechanism? Mm. Which is just a wrinkle I threw in tonight. Cause I do this to Ashley all the time. Shawnee, you should know. I tell her we're going to do one thing that I'll mix in something at the last second. <laughs> it's, it's good for me because I think here's, here's where I struggle. I'll, I'll struggle with, well, what's the right answer versus what's sharing my perspective. Mm-hmm. But then I know that I don't always see the whole picture and I always want to be very inclusive in what the right. whole experience of everybody is. But then I know that I can't speak from somebody else's perspective. So this is where I appreciate when Jim just throws it out there because then I don't have time <laughs> to overthink it. But then I still, it, it'll be it'll be good to have this conversation as we go because I definitely am somebody right. that externally processes everything in my life. So it's fine. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in regards to these kinds of topics, I mean, I think everybody is just very tired. Yeah. We're all tired in our own way. Um, It's the most draining time, I feel, the most draining time of our lives. There's so many things that we have to think about mentally. And there's, you know, we have our beliefs and then we have everything being throwing, thrown at us. And then we have our research and then we have the people around us. And then we have that we're losing people and it's so much to juggle. So it's like, yes, all of the above it is it's apathy. It's, it's a defense mechanism. It's, you know what I mean? Right. It's everything because we're just freaking tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all tired. And, you know, regardless of what we believe, I feel like we're just, we're exhausted And, um, and that's where apathy can come in because it's just like, when there's no definitive solution, when there's no well-defined answer, what do you do? What do you say? Where do you stand? It's really hard. It's a, it's a difficult space to be in right now for everybody. Very true. (laughs) That's a lot of how I, the last little wrinkle of the apathy bit of it. I think that, um, for me, kind of to kind of touch a little bit on last year and seeing like the social media interactions of people, seeing people that I never thought would behave a certain way online, um, my own like what I thought was should be this this um, example of community, even within my own church family and community and everybody's in a different place. Everybody responds to pressure differently. Um, I tend to be somebody that (laughs) will run from confrontation, which isn't always helpful, but then there's other people that they're motivated by it. They're charged by it. They'll run right into it. And that can be extremely helpful. But then when we're all doing this on social media, it's, I, I felt very deflated and discouraged last year seeing so many layers of relationships deteriorated last year. And that really has really, I wrestled with that this past year of, okay, how do I now, I don't feel as safe to talk to people. I don't feel as safe to share myself or what I think or have conversations. I thought in my mind, all these scenarios or people should be safe and appropriate to talk to. And now even people that I thought I could have, now I feel like I don't, but I still have a responsibility to be authentic and be myself and speak 
Like God has given me the gift of encouragement. So I, I shouldn't hold my tongue. I need to be out there encouraging people and letting God still lead me, even though I'm like, I can't, I can't be led by fear. And so, um, the apathy part, I I definitely have felt times over the past year of like now year and a half or so where I just, you know, I, I, I would just rather just shut down and not think about any of it. Um, and I know after losing loved ones and stuff, like there's somebody else that has shared online lately where I just, they're just like, I just feel numb. I've, I've lost people. I'm, I'm up to my head with all this. I don't, I can't even really feel right now. And so Mm -hmm. I, I just, I all that stuff. So it's like, well, some of us have got to be able to reach out to one another and deal with the suck right. mess with each yes. other, you know, but I'm not responsible for everybody. So how can I do that with the people that are in my life right now? You know, so, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's, really hard. it's rough, that's a lot of what I'm it's a really yeah. hard time right now. And people, like I said, people are tired because of everything you said, Ashley, like it's, it's, it's not just everything that's happening in our culture. It's how we're interacting with each other and how we're attacking each other. Right. You know, and, and I'm with you, Ashley. There's so many different ways that I've shut down speaking publicly. Yeah. Because I've been just completely trashed by people who I love dearly. Um, based just because of my faith. Even if my right. faith had nothing to do with what I was saying or replying right. to, they took and used it as a weapon against me and with insults, you know, and and that made me shut down. Like, why am I going to, why am I even going to do that? So it's kind of like, okay, what kind of a world are we in right now? And how am I going to pivot? And so for me, my pivoting has been more behind the scenes messaging. Um, I'm still online. I'm still scrolling. I'm scroll, still watching, but I'm, I'm looking intentionally for people um, who are discouraged, um, who are struggling, and I'm reaching out to them personally. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm trying to speak to them and like make time for them, um, go for a walk with them, talk with them, pray for them, at least just let them know that I'm praying for them. You know, Um, that's more where I have been trying to combat that apathy, because if you were to look at my Facebook comparatively from five years ago, you know, Mm -hmm. six years ago to now, it looks like a dead zone. Yeah. I'm, I'm right. hearing, I'm hearing <laughs> barely anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of people who are leaving social media for that reason. And right. um, because they're just tired and that's how they're dealing with it. They're like, I'm out. Peace. Well, <laughs> and it's interesting too, because we use, excuse me, we use like to promote this show, to promote and try to grow house church. So there, it's a tool and I find myself and Ashley, as we were talking the other day, same way, you kind of like dip in, put out the info and dip back out. And you know what? It's just that long. Yep. It's literally skip, skip. But yep. in that time, I will see something and I'll be like, are you actually like, these are people that are leaders in like in the community, in the faith community, like all the above. And they're slanging stuff out there. And it's like, what? what and then so what i have i can't even like i've finally i got to the place where you know i I went through a season of okay if you're saying something wrong like some misinformation or something that's not factual 
about what's happening in the hospitals and whatever. I'll just hit that person on private message because I'm not putting anybody on blast for something they don't really have the right info. That's not a cool move. So I'd hit them up and be good conversations. But now it's even just like I, from my own heart, you know, and for my own mental health, I just, I can't because it's wild. And I think a lot of it is people just still, I think it's, you're stuck in this spot and that is a way to cope. That's a way to, to blow off some steam because sometimes we still think it's anonymous and no one's going to know, and you're not really going to have to deal with the ramifications of what you just said, you know? So I think it's a mental health game and it's this weird double sword, double edged sword, right? With social media, because I think social media is the cause of the breakdown of mental health, but people are using it to kind of combat mental health and just put stuff out there and say stuff and, and get it off their chest and stuff. So it's, I really think the enemy Satan for all of you, all you listeners has taken hold of social media and turned it into anti-social media and is really twisted into something that I, I sincerely don't think it was ever the heart of the creator for it to be what it is today. I don't think that was the intent, but it's so spun out of control. And I think that, you know, I think that there's a definite swing in our culture and, um, you know, there's a lot of buzzwords that are thrown out there, um, that are like seeds. Um, there's a lot of mentality out there that are, they started out as very small seeds, like go back into the nineties of sitcoms, go, um, and, and just listen, there's seeds of what we are experiencing full blown today in regards to dividing, um, each other um, against people group against people group and this type of person versus that type of person. And, you know, it's just been really interesting because I feel like just like a seed, right. You plant one, a small seed, it goes into the ground, it germinates and it comes up and it multiplies. It it always grows more than what it was. And so what I'm, what I've been seeing is all of these and I catch it. I, I see it. I see patterns. I see, those different things. And so like going back and listening, watching Seinfeld, watching friends, you <laughs> listen, you'll hear a lot of like little things. And it's just like, Hmm, that wasn't an issue. Like those kinds of things, those little things, those little insertions um, in our culture, it wasn't, it, it didn't take hold back then, but it definitely built up. And so now in social media, you know, you have these mentalities that are just in full swing that have us dividing each other and breaking the power of unity, the power of community, you know, uh, Facebook is supposed to be community, you know, Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be a community. Well, at least to everybody who would engage to them, it's a community building tool. Right. Right. Um, And now it's like a division. Mm -hmm. It's really sad, but I just think that it is that has been in the works for a long time that it's just like a snowball effect, you know, it's just bigger, 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 bam, here we are. Right. You know, everybody who loves Jesus, you know, is this a Trump supporter and a this and a that. And then everybody who's on this side is this and that. And it's just, right. yeah, it's crazy. It is. And it's unhealthy, you yeah. know, but especially in a time in our lives in this country and worldwide, really, where we're dealing with this, you know, this invisible killer, or not, maybe, it, maybe it's just sickness, you know, maybe it's 
but it's it's a thing and it's wild and there's all these different little nuances about it that are that are crazy and hurtful and exhausting and then we're just at each other's throats and it's, it's funny that it's called social media today i like was just thinking about that driving home today i was like it's funny that they call it that and it's really the furthest from you know yeah. that's what it's so, become so it's just we right. need to start developing community again and what that means and reaching out to people one-on-one and having authentic you know time right. and conversation because I, I feel like that's where the power is now you know because everybody's right. taken out we just need to really start having community again yeah you mm-hmm. know? I, I see it happening again um, I think that it's you know there's pros and cons to it because those that need better community, maybe need healthier community that are looking to get plugged in. It can be overwhelming to step into a new place when you've not been there, but you know, it's, it's a big risk. And I think that that's something that us growing up, that's the only way you did it. You went to a new school, you couldn't do a virtual tour and check out everything online. Like you just showed up and you went to school and you figured it out, you know? Um, we didn't have live streams for churches. You just visited the church and you felt it out. You know what I mean? Like in all these areas, you know, um, my husband applied and went through an entire interview process, switched jobs this year and did it all virtually met nobody at the company until after he hired in. It was insane. He's like, I feel like the website's going to shut down. They'll have all my information. And this is just a big scam. Because it was just, we've never done this before. We've never done this before. Um, So all that to say, I think that going more to a more natural way of building community, it can be kind of intimidating for people. But I think that I agree. Those of us just, oh my gosh, just keep our eyes open. Yes. (laughs) You know, like I think like just simple interactions with people at UPS or, you know, in the store. Like I think people are hungry more for just genuine good interaction. Yes. I mean the people through Panera, like I've, I've talked about these girls about Panera on a couple different episodes now, (laughs) but I'm just like happy to see them in the morning and it's made their day and now my day. And now like, I know like four of them by first name basis now going through Panera and stuff, but it was just like, all I did was just be like more than, Hey, where's my coffee, you know, type thing, you know? So I, I, so I'm, I, I guess I'm more concerned about those that used social media for a sense of fake level of community. And those are the ones that, maybe are going to struggle or have to do a little bit more work to really reach out and build really good, like deeper levels of friendship. And I know that for me, it's taken me years and I feel like I'm a pretty extroverted person, but because of everything that the Lord has taken me through, I feel like it's just taken me a long time to figure out what friendship means at a more deeper and healthier level and stuff. And so it's just, we're going to have to give each other some grace and people that are feel lonely are going to have to make some steps to like get out their door and, and find people right. in new ways instead of just kind of existing on social media and having that be like their entertainment fulfillment in a fake way of like, Hey, I have people in my life. Cause I sit on Facebook for two hours every night. Well, you right. know, and I think it's really important to like to have those interactions in person and like build those like moments, but also for some of us who understand 
how important it is for people to have genuine interaction, to be beacons of light in different arenas. Um, like social, there's like different apps and stuff where you can meet friends. Like where are those of us who are stronger and who have the ability to be a good, genuine person, you know, are we in those apps? You know, are we in those places or are we just all, you know, tapped out, you know, like the apathy thing, right. you know, because this is a real critical time in our history. Um, we have been isolated. We have been divided. Um, we have lack of physical touch and nurture. And so right. just like you said, this is breeding a really, this is breeding ground for a lot of big problems in the heart and in the minds of yep. people who, especially those who don't have strong families. So like, it's really important right now for us to take our place and to be intentional about building community, whether it's through apps, whether it's through Facebook, whether it's through Instagram, you know, or even just being like everywhere you go, you know, at Panera or the gas station, right. you know, we need to, we need to get back to that being community again. And in, in all these ways, we should be positioning ourselves right. because the more that we get pushed on us, the more that people are going to break. Yep. They're just going to. As, as, as believers, one, we know this, that the darker it gets, the brighter we shine. Right. That's the first thing. But also I would say for a lot of, like for you guys, you know, <clears throat> through coming through all this, this is what I signed up for. Right. And I've said to people before, well, welcome to deployment. That's what this mm -hmm what we're going through in our country is what deployment feels like. But here's the difference. You guys didn't sign up for this. I signed up for this. This is what I'm wired to. This is where I'm wired to be. This is where I'm wired to serve. So it's a big deal and it's different. But I would also say this to kind of piggyback off what you were saying, Shawnee. I think the real enemy here is lostness. You know what I mean? Is what? And the law, lostness, like the, the idea of being lost in this world of how it is now. And the thing with that is people who are lost will take the hand of the, like take the first hand that reaches out. So if that first hand that reaches out is addiction or okay. pornography or any of the, all of the above, that's where they'll go because people, whether they know it or not, they do want that physical touch. They do want that nurture. They do want to belong. So if it's not us, someone else is going to come along. Yeah. And now we take somebody that's already been broken down by the last going on two years, who's even more vulnerable than they were before, you know, and then somebody's going to come along. And like I said, the first hand that reaches out is the hand they'll grab. Yeah. And that's, and that's, I would say as Christ followers, as believers, as Christians, that is right there is our biggest mission, which is really the same mission it's always been. Yeah. It's just, I'm just saying it in different words. Yeah. And it's just being aware, being right. like, you are on a mission. And, you know, it's been a really, like for me personally, I've been, you know, really, you know, rapid fire loss, you know, prior to all of this, like I have a history of yeah. so much strain, stress, loss, grief, you name it, just throw it on there. I've been through it and I've been really sick. Mm -hmm. so it's been really hard for me to do that. But even in my reduced power mode, I'll call it, 
you know, I'm still intentional, you know, even if it's just in smaller ways, the little things are the big things, you know, seriously, like just to anybody who might be listening to like, Oh yeah, I don't have any, I don't have the strength to be intentional in this culture. Well, I'm just telling you like the little things are the big things, you know, even just when somebody looks at you and your face lights up smile, like I'm so happy to see you. Like that one moment can fill somebody's heart in their, their empty bucket in their heart for like Mm -hmm. next month because somebody was genuinely happy to see them or somebody hugged them a little bit tighter or, you know, just send them a text just to reach out and say, you know, you're on my heart. I love you so much. And you're so important to me. Those little things are huge. They're huge. I feel like I'm an expert at that now because I've been in reduced power (laughs) mode, you know, and I take care of myself and have to deal with my own, you know, limited, you know, mental health struggles and grief and trauma and you name it. Um, But yet still, you know, I'm here, you know, one of my needs me, I'm calling them. Or if somebody's hurting them, you know, if they lost their dad, I'm messaging them, you know, just letting them know I'm weeping with you, you know, like that genuine connection um, is, is everything to people. The little things are the big things. Absolutely. That's really, I needed that. That's really encouraging. Um, I feel like the last two weeks I I was going for all sorts of walks, um, just really active throughout the summer and everything. And now I had like two or three nights last week where I just was up too late and it just kind of snowballed into now it's been two weeks and I've just done nothing with myself. And I just feel so like, this is just a good week to talk about this stuff. Cause I really, I feel so tired that I don't really want to, it's different. I, I don't have the same, let's get up and go be like helpful. Let's get up and go like, fight this stuff and be a part of <laughs> doing something good for the kingdom. It's been like, well, I guess I'll just kind of get through what I need to today. And I don't want to be that type of person, you know? So it's encouraging to hear that even on those hard days, like there's, we still have good to do. And that, that Jesus does good stuff through us, not just on our good days, but on our, right. like, we just have to be willing. So we can right. have a really horrible day. And still let God use us. Yeah. And feel weak in it, you know? And that's mm-hmm. still, it's still God math. <laughs> you know, it's still. Yeah. That's for sure. That's like, actually a perfect segue, Ashley, into what I wanted to touch on also is, is it healthy? Is it good for us to every now and again, every once in a while, have our hearts broken? Yeah, I think so. Can you tell me, like, you you said you use the language to have our hearts broken. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mean, is it is it good for us to be broken sometimes? Yes. Or is it good for us to, okay, to actually go through being broken heart? Okay. I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah, to, 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 to walk through that, to walk through being broken hearted. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Shawnee, I know you know about this. I've been on you on the Insta for some years now. And, and I know that you know about this. I do. So that's why I told you, man, you had to be the one. This is, if we were going to go through this, these topics, you, you were the one and I would have just waited until you're available. But, <laughs> but like, sorry, 
not sorry, but not sorry. to drag you through this. <laughs> but, but you're you had to be the one. But yeah. I feel like because that's you know in EMS in this part of first responder kingdom, it's it's gross like that, right? It's it's this idea of um, you'll have one call and it will be devastating, and you're just your heart's just trashed, and then there's the next call. And you go to that house and they can't know. They can have no knowledge of what I just went through. Yeah. You know, and so we get to that house and that guy has had the same twisted ankle for nine months. And now today is the day that he's finally going to go get it checked out. And whatever, that's really no dig on him. It's just, you know, maybe for my heart is poor timing, but he's not going to ever know that, you know, but but what I feel like is that kind of where I'm going with this is that it builds like those tough times, those broken hearted moments, like any other muscle, you know, the muscle builds in recovery. Right. So I think for me, my answer is yes, it's definitely good to be wrecked from time to time, to have your heart trashed from time to time. I think it builds the capacity for the next time you have to go through that. It builds capacity, not just, you know, not just strength wise, but even compassion wise. And, you know, it's just like, you know, knowledge can puff us up. Right. So yeah. sure. We have knowledge. Of, <laughs> we have knowledge that people are going through terrible things. Right? right. But wisdom is actually knowledge applied. It's actually experience. And so like, going through and being brokenhearted is wisdom. It's basically you're gaining actual wisdom of what these people are going through, what it means to hurt, what it means to experience pain. Um, it's, it's wisdom in a whole new level. Um, it's, it's devastating, but it's something that breaks up your shallow places in your heart. Right. You know, and it's really, it gives you perspective. It gives you compassion. It gives you gratitude yeah. <laughs> for the blessings in your life, you know? And so absolutely, you know, I would, I, I can't say that I would ever wish brokenheartedness on anyone, but right. yeah. as yeah. a woman of God, and as a follower of Christ, who is a man of many sorrows, right? you know, there's something to be said, you know, I think we miss out when we don't experience brokenheartedness. I think we miss, we become um, less powerful human beings. We have less um, ability to stand when the wind takes us, you know, it just develops mm -hmm. something in you, just like muscle exertion, you know, it right. builds strength for you. Um, so to stand, but also to help stand for others when they're broken. Yeah. So yeah. it's absolutely good, but it hurts like hell. Sorry, Susan, <laughs> but it does. It's <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All the soft spoken, all the soft spoken. I was like, it hurts like hell. I love it. it does. And let me it tell does. you, it does, man. It's rough. It hurts so bad, but it also like, okay, so it makes you real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I have been going through 
all of this heartbreak and all of this, and I've been trying to heal through this and go through this process been way slower than I've wanted. And, and some things I've noticed is that I cuss a lot more. I'm a lot more raw. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and it's, it's because I don't really have a lot of capacity <laughs> to just have a filter right now, you know? Um, but it's not bad, you know, it's not, no. a bad, it's not a bad thing. It's just the human condition and where we're at, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I said, it makes you understand things a little bit better, you know, and it makes right. you relate to people a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know? If you're one of, um, if you're somebody who hasn't experienced the depth of brokenheartedness and grief, you know, it, it'll be hard for anybody to be able to relate to you. Or for you to relate right. to them because this world is a world of grief and pain. It just is. It's, I say it a lot. I have it um, on my Instagram, you know, it's, it's shadow with bursts of light on it. And I have mm-hmm. this like, picture and it's my face and I'm in shadow, but you see all these circles of light that was filtering through a plant onto my face, you know, but isn't that what life is? Mm-hmm. Shadows with bursts of like, just little where the light breaks through the shadows, you know? But if you yeah. don't, if you've never experienced this stuff, it's really hard. If you're just like, oh, sunshine, everything's great. Right. Jesus. And as weird as this will sound, that would suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that if everything was cherries all the time. Yeah. If there was no strain, you know, if everybody like actually knows I use this kind of, uh, uh, what's the word? Like Pollyanna. Yeah, if everything was like this Pollyanna, Jesus is wonderful. You know, like we've talked about many times on this show, I see Romans 8.28 as something that's grinding and refining, you know. But some people, there's people that see it as kind of the, what I like to call the Disney swirl, you know, where Pocahontas is singing on the ledge and all the leaves are twirling around her and show's over, solve the problem, everything's gravy, right? But everybody knows this it's just not the case you know it's it's just not i like to say this shout out to pastor jim but i use this a lot on the show too when i say it's a wise man's mom once said this isn't heaven right it isn't hell either but it's that place in between yes and just to to be able to wrap our heads around that and live in that space you know it's gonna hurt it just, it just, it is, it's going to be a grind. I, I feel it's like gonna it's, be painful. it's a little bit like jumping in cold water and calming yourself to breathe through it. Mm-hmm. It's, oh. it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's like, I don't know, like, I don't know, anything physically exerting, like it, it hurts so much, but then you're just breathing, kind of surrendering to it in a mm-hmm. way. Um, I remember reading A Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis, and at the end he talks about this deck of cards. Like we stack ourselves up, and then we think we're we're awesome, we're great, like life is exactly how we want it, and then we get trashed all down again. And this whole idea of, well, I'm just going to stack up my cards again, and then something else is going to happen and it's going to topple it all over, you know? And so this whole, 
I felt this a lot after my brother passed away of just like, well, what's the point? I'm going to like heal through something. Some of something else is going to happen. I'm just going to be mending and fixing and torn and mended and torn. And it's, it's exhausting. And the only way I can physically do this is to breathe through how weak it feels with Jesus. Like that's, it's all I can do. <laughs> that's all I can do. And yet then to be able to use that to come alongside somebody else is incredibly humbling and honoring, like to feel such honor to be welcomed in somebody else's space when they're hurting. And then at the same time, feel so humble and weak of like, I can't do anything about it. I'm just, I'm just here with you. <laughs> you know, that's, that's it, you know, it's but then true. like going back to like 10 minutes ago of, but showing up in those simple ways of texting you, I love you. I'm here for you. You're important to me showing up and dropping off like some groceries or a meal or, you know, whatever that looks like. It's a tangible way to be powerful in our love towards other people and give love and support when they need it, you know, cause we're all, we're all going to need it. I always say, I always say that, um, building trust is, is it's like building a bridge, right? So you'll never, if you're building a bridge that many people are going to cross over, ride their, you know, drive their cars over, you will, you will not spare a nail, a screw, a board. You, you will spare nothing in building that trust, right? All of those little things come together to build a bridge of trust. And so if we are building trust, spare nothing, be that person, you know, be that authentic, real in the little moments, every single little nail, every single little cable, like connection point is so important because if you are that person who does that, you're going to be the one who's welcomed into the sacred place, the holy place. And the sacred place is that place of grief. That sacred place is when somebody dies and they call you because, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Ashley, I, I totally get what you're saying. I've been, I'm, I'm one of those people, you know, I'm in those places all the time. Like most of my life, I feel like is with people who are grieving, you know, looking into mother's eyes when their children has died, you know, like, and being safe, you know, and it's, right. it's a sacred space. In, in in order to be welcomed there, those that's what you do. You have to build, you know, you have to build every single day. And it's not every single day, but you know what I mean? You're just consistent yeah. in who you are with that person. You know, you're consistent in your heart and how you interact with them, you know. And to me, there's nothing more honoring and humbling than yeah. that, you know. And it's like those who weep, you know, be the weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice you know, and in the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament, only one person was allowed in that place. Right. It's very few people who are welcome into that place, you know. Um, One priest, that's it, you know. And and many times we think think it's going to be the pastor, right? We think it's going to be the pastor they call. No. It's going to be the one. It's going to be the one who's right. been building with those little moments every day. You know, those one, the one who notices when you're off that day, you know, like what's going on? I know something's off, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, we think it's all a big deal, like to have a pastor, you know, but really we're all that. Yeah. Know? And it was, what's interesting about that too, Shawnee, is that like the one moment where I knew that, that freedom center was home and that pastor Jim was my pastor mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> between uh, Griffin and Reagan, we had had a miscarriage and, and that was after. So we had one miscarriage prior to being saved and being at freedom center and then one after like, you know, and so here's what's wild. The one with Jesus was way harder because mm. there's nobody to blame. If you guys are picking up what I'm putting down right now, I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I didn't no longer had the ability to be like, where was God? Where were you? You know, but <clears throat> so you know, we go through this and then at the time we were doing, they were, I think it was like year two or three of couch to the crim. And we were doing those, those things. And Carrie and I went up there and it was every, everybody kind of knew, I think there was something else going on at the church that Sunday. So I, I didn't want to go cause I didn't want to draw any attention away from what they were, what was the program or what they were going was happening. So we go on the Sunday night and he comes up and he just gives us a hug and says, that's all I've got. The most pastoral thing ever. I mean, he had a lot of more. He could have said a hundred thousand. He could have said all the verses. But just a hug. That's it. And it, I mean, it was incredible. And he, I don't even know that he remembers. I remind him from time to time. And he'll be like, I don't even <laughs> and kind of laugh it off because that's what he does. But that was a, that was like a huge moment. That was a very healing, huge moment for both of us. But it wasn't like you said, a lot of times everybody thinks, well, it's gotta be like all this scripture thrown at you. Like people aren't getting it. You know, people I've heard this before said we're, in this world, in this life, people, more people are going to need to see a sermon than they are going to need to hear one. You know what I mean? And it's just, and it was, so that, like what you're talking about, it was that through him just personified. It was just, this is, this is what I have. Yeah. And it was huge, you know? So yeah, it's honoring too, right? To be, yeah. to be in a space as believers in Christ, where Jesus will give us a little bit, he'll show us that glimpse of what breaks his heart. Like how honoring is that, that we get to see it sucks, right? It hurts, but we get to see it. It doesn't happen. It doesn't have to be all cherries and roses and rainbows and lovely. That stuff's cool too. It's amazing to see a beautiful sunset and know where it comes from, you know, but also to see the ugly, to be like, this is, you know, for me, this is what I got for you, kid. And I'll be like, can I please retire? Please. And it'll be like, nope, needy in this space. You know, and then COVID strikes and here I am. And still in the same capacity, dealing with it, working with it, trying to build our community. And it's exhausting and humbling and, wonderful and honoring and all the things it's all the feels but what it also does is it builds capacity yes 
it builds me up. It builds us up for the next thing, you know, vicariously through me, through what I'm going through on the day, on the daily, it builds Ashley up to be able to support that mission and to see it and understand like, I'm sure she won't admit it, but she's in this space now where she knows what I'm like. She knows I've probably been through something just by the way I am on a Monday night, you know, and it's just the grace to be like, okay, yep. I'm going to either a just stay out of the way or B ask the right questions. You know, it's just, it's all this huge, huge deal, you know, as bad as it's been, at the same time, you can use that and, and use it for good and build a community through it. But that's, you know, that's going to take quite a bit of work. It does. So. Well, I have to say, because um, it's really on my heart to say that I have prayed for you so much, Jim, so much. And for all of the first responders out there, because, whew, what you see and what you experience is just so much. So you have all my honor and my respect for what you do every day. My compassion, even my tears sometimes cry just thinking about it, you know, because it's, it's hard because you don't get to cry, right? <laughs> so I'm just going to cry for you. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I will tell you, cry the dog, I like, do, I do. Like there was a time and this is when Pastor Jim hears this episode, this will be the first time he's hearing this. There was a, they would call me and ask questions like, what do we need to do? Like person X, Y, and Z is now exposed. You know, this person has COVID and they were with that person. And now this, what should we do? You know? And there was a time where he and Dina called me. Well, he texted me. Do you got time for a phone call? And I said, give me like 20 minutes, you know? And I had been on a call and I had to, I had to cry some tears and then get myself composed and I couldn't have told him that then because then he wouldn't ask what he needed to ask to take care of his house. Yeah. Right. So I just did my thing and just recomposed myself, took a little walk and then called him. And like it was my next call, he was none the wiser until he listens to this episode, <laughs> <laughs> which will probably break his heart. And that's not the, that wasn't the point, but no. like, <clears throat> well, it let was me just tell you, because it's what we have to do. Yeah. <laughs> As a pastor, he will understand because he has to right. do the same thing, right? Right. Yeah. In his everyday life. He's talked about that from the platform. It's like you go celebrate with one because they just had their baby. And mm-hmm. then you go do the funeral. Right. You know? so so he, he sees the whole bookends, everything in between as a pastor serving people, yeah. you know, and... And now, Jim, more and more, you're you're doing not just the physical medical side of it, but you're you've always right. mentored people, Jim. And now you get to pastor them also. You know, it's just very, very neat. It's very, very wild, is what it is, man. Very wild. It's something else. It's crazy. But that's the thing, too. Yeah. And and it's funny you were saying earlier, Shawnee, about you're at a you're at a point now where you don't filter the language so much. And Ashley and I have talked about this, but I've been in places where it's just words in some culture, in street culture. Yep. It's just words. And I've been in situations where I'm like, come on, man, you know, let's go get up to the hospital. 
you know, we'll get you going, we'll get you taken care of and nothing. And then I speak some street and it's like, Oh, well, <laughs> this kid is like, I didn't realize you meant right now, man, let's go. <laughs> and like, nobody's upset. Like nobody in the house, mom and dad are in the house. They're not mad. Old head's there. He's not mad. You know, it's just, like, Oh, yeah. I well, didn't Nick realize and I were you just mentioning now. it. I think it was last night or the night before he's like, you know, we've been swearing a lot more lately. And I'm like not out and about to the kids and everything, but even like at house church the other night, Jim, I right. was like this, that, yep. this, that, you know, and it was just, <laughs> and I, and I really do like <coughs> being more authentic because right. this year is like, I, uh, I went for a walk with Tammy Cromer earlier in the fall when I was doing miles for my trip and everything. And she said, you know, you don't have to be, be best friends with everybody, but you can be authentic. And so I've been exploring kind of what that means to be authentic to be myself right. in every situation not have to give right. full access to everybody but how I can be more authentic everywhere that I go and I think in some of these like safe spaces like with you guys you know yeah. and oh, yeah, man. at home I'm well, like the whole heart of that space was it yeah. so be safe safe yeah. for all of us yeah but like, get a bunch of I gotta do that first responders dude it's just well we don't talk is. the same Right. And if, and if we're going to want to create a safe space, like I got to be somebody that can right. do that myself. And, yeah, and I right. think that like, it's, I don't always want to be in the uncomfortable broken places. I want to help somebody else if they're going through a hard time, Right, but it's super <laughs> uncomfortable. I don't want to do, you know, but it's good. It's yeah. It's home. It's home for me. You know, like one of my things, like, I used to, you know, run this program called Fuel for Teens. And so it was in a church oh, way. Yep. And so um, if, a, if a kid swore, we'd be doing push-ups or wall sits or something, right? But I would always do the push-ups, the wall sits, whatever, with them. I wouldn't make them just do it by themselves. I'd be doing it with them, you know? But now when they talk to me and they're grown adults, and I just, you know, I just talk and they're like, what's up (laughs) and um and I just tell them like guys look I don't I don't have that filter anymore you know and I came to a place where I just understand within myself there's a difference between cussing and cursing yeah right so if I'm cursing somebody that's not right if I'm calling you a right right if I'm calling you then I'm cursing your identity that's cursing someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But saying, oh, sh-, when I stub my toe uh-huh. is not the end of the world. Or, right. you know, right. I'm so right now, you know, is not the end of the world. That's a part of your expression. So if that's where you're right. at, that's where you're at. And if you're free to talk that way, and if you're free to be that way, people are going to be able to be more real with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't flinch, like, oh my God, you just... <laughs> What kind of a message does that send, right? I'll right. never forget. Let's let's get back to Pastor J. Oh, I don't know if I should tell this one. He swore <laughs> in the office with me. We were talking about something. I'm not going to say what he said, and he probably doesn't remember. But um, we were just talking, and he just let this word fly that I was like, Pastor. He's also a soldier, man. <laughs> yeah. Started. But you know what? I love it because it's just being real. Right. 
you know, he wasn't. Right. And I think that's the thing too, is that, that authenticity that he shows. Yeah. Right. The, the, he is so raw and so real that it's like, that's what, it's not this facade, you know, it's just, and it's like, for me, I'm, I'm an operator, man. I'm a military guy and a first responder. And there's been times I've told him where he's, he's, Spoke in that language, or at least that's the. I don't know. It's it's like how how God will speak a hundred different yeah. sermons to the same sermon, you know. Yeah. But I hear it in a way, and I and it's like, oh, that's yeah, my battle commander. I'll follow him anywhere. Yep, I'm down for that, you know. And maybe you guys all heard it something else, but you know, the way I heard it, and it's it's yeah, it's just that it's just being authentic. And sometimes it's just words. Yeah. It's, it's just words. I 100% agree that there's a difference between cussing and cursing. But And I liked how you described oh. that, Shani. That was a really great way to... Well, it was really freeing for me because, like, I've right. just, you know, being somebody who's been a youth pastor and, like, raising up youth and, like, ministering to people and loving on people, like, there's a certain level of condemnation that I feel and guilt when I swear. And it's just like, I can't do this. I mm-hmm. I really just can't do this anymore. Okay. Like growing up, I cussed like the worst until one day there was a moment and it stopped me. And now I don't have the capacity, but I can't do this. I can't fight with this condemnation. It's not that big of a deal. Right. Like right. why am I tripping? Oh, it's right. that doesn't mean that I'm mean, cursing somebody. I'm cussing. So, so what? Sorry, Sue. <laughs> I love you Susan so much <gasps> you know what's cool though too about the family like the church family and the body of Christ is like one person's conviction isn't necessarily another person's conviction exactly and that's okay you know what I mean that is cool mm-hmm. that's cool you know we don't all have to be like on that same robotic kind of straight and narrow you know, because, see, I feel like this in that, in, in kind of the church culture and Christianity world, we'll miss out on the opportunity to disciple somebody or might miss a miracle if we're so hyper-focused on behavior patterns and whatnot. Yeah. And I know, like, the idea, I'm not saying we're fully liberated to be, whatever, you know, yeah. just whatever out here running amok. I'll run riot, right? I'm not saying that, but I am saying that there is quite a bit of freedom and salvation. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and there's a difference between that, that statement and managing sin. You know, you don't want to manage sin, but at the same time, there's, there's stuff that's just really a non-starter. And like I said, sometimes it's no different than speaking Spanish you know, in a Spanish neighborhood, sometimes I got to throw out some slang, Mm -hmm. some street words. I'm in the hood. So I have to speak hood. It's how I got ghetto protected. Everybody, if you were wondering, but, uh, yeah. So I can't remember. Oh, I wanted to touch on legacy. Ooh. And I want to touch on legacy because, you know, the Hubbard family and freedom center church, took a big hit this week, you know, 
um, Papa Nome, Mark Papa Nome Hubbard was like truly a dude of legacy. Like everybody, I posted this, like everybody he spoke to, if you had even a moment with him, you have through him enough wisdom to carry on his legacy. If he knew it was like five minutes, even if it was a, like a, one of his famous, don't do this if you're new to driving, driving down the road videos that he would post. <laughs> like All That's probably a little sketchy, Papa <laughs> Nome, but, but, you know, but like truthfully, everybody whose life he touched has enough wisdom, all of us compiled together to carry on that man's legacy for sure. You know, so I think, I think that's what we do. It's, as we all know, it sucks here for us to lose somebody, but the celebration of, of eternity, you know, and the fact we'll all see him again. But I think it's important as we kind of wrap the episode, like that dude for sure was just Jesus lover personified like without limits didn't matter. I was in Detroit with Caleb with the youth at courage church on a mission trip. And like the last day, like the big backpack giveaway thing, you know, Papa Gnome shows up and, you know, I don't know how many people he talked to, but he blessed them all. And it was hundreds and it was just like full go. Right. Dude got out of their truck and was on full send, you know, to the point where Caleb would be like, dad, like what, (laughs) you know what I mean? Just literally calling out to people. Jesus loves you. Hey dude over there. Uh, You're not mad. Jesus loves you. You know, just wild, a wild spirit, God loving, you know, he he embodied everything that we've been talking about today about the little things. Um, You know, I had posted, I've known Mark for over 20 years. Um, His nephew and niece, I used to youth pastor. Um, Caleb and Josh were also in and out of our church, our little baby church before Freedom Center. Um, We knew them back then, the whole family. So we know their brothers and we know, you know, we've known his dad and, you know, we just we're intimately like we know the family and um, he has always been a real deep soul. Um, Mm -hmm. And he is one who weeps with those who weeps. And he's broken for the brokenhearted. He has been somebody who, if they had a need, he was trying to get, he was trying to bless somebody, help them up out of the rut that they were in, whether Mm -hmm. it was through financial, you know, like there's so much stuff that they did behind the scenes that nobody will ever know about, you know, right? because it's those little hidden moments that, you know, just created this beautiful bridge of trust with so many people, so many, what you would say, random people, you know, I, when I had posted it, I said, I, I don't feel abandoned, but him and I were almost like, we, we, we live like a parallel kind of love walk for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We love the same people. We not the same exact people, but the same people that the world kind of discards and, you know, just do those little things. And I feel, I, I feel his void 
you know, but I really rejoice mm-hmm. in, him, in all the seeds that he has sown because it's going to come back multiplied. Right. Um, right. All that love, you know, and I just said, we need to be our own version of this man. We need to yep. carry on his legacy. And I'm just so thankful to have known him and to watch him um, love, you know, and encourage right. and be silly and not care about what you look like. You know, he was just so relatable in every sense of the word, whether it's being goofy, whether it's being serious, whether it's talking about Jesus or just whatever, you know, he right. was relatable, he was trustworthy, he was there, you know. And I just think that we would make the world just so much more beautiful. If we were like that, you know, in our right. own way, not his way, our way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I um, yep. I haven't been able to grieve that yet. I'm, you know, I found out when I was in Houston and I had to dance. So I was like, oh, how am I going to do this? But right. I knew that he would have loved. I had to choose that joy. You know, I danced. Yeah. You know, um, because I know that he's dancing right now. Oh yeah. You know, and um, but yeah, we do. We 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 could literally continue that legacy and pass that on to our loved ones. Mm-hmm. And really, I've heard this said recently. It's that it's actually quite a bit easier just to love on people than to be in a steady state of angry and bitter, <laughs> you know, and it seems like the other way is easier. You know, that's what I would say. That's what the enemy, that's what Satan wants us to think. It's easier to be cynical and, and angry and spit venom, but really just recklessly loving on people, you know, like silly example, but where there's a spot in Flint, uh, fifth and Garland's, Right there, La Familia. Well, a lot of homeless people hang out. There's a little, just up the way from there's a little like, there's a bus stop, but a little kind of courtyard. And there's this dude, shout out Glenn, that it just always there, just always walking around just in the street. So <laughs> I had one of those bubbly waters, the caffeinated ones. And I was like, that's all I had on me. So we roll up, I'm in here, Glenn, here's some water. And we came back by later and he was like, I don't even know what that was. But he was all, oh, Glenn's like, that was gross. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, was that blueberries? I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> but, but it's like, whatever. My partner and I will drive through. Like, there was a time we took a lady to the hospital and her husband gave us each 20 bucks. And we we're like, well, that's not our 20 bucks. So we're going to find some dudes that need it more than us and it was do we like can i get a buck for the bus stop and i'm like for the buck i ain't got a buck i got 20 here you go you know like just like that is so it's fun it's like uplifting it's cool to be able to just be like not mad you know it fills your not right and that's kind of on the land of plane mode here for for the rest of you guys that are maybe new to EMS or whatever, just to not, (laughs) to not be angry at every call, like big deal. We know that, that maybe it's a taxing, it's taxing resources and all that stuff. Maybe sure. But 
to that person, to that human, it's, it's a big deal. That's why they call it an ambulance, you know, or they don't know any better. So they call it an ambulance and you're just blessing them. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully my boss won't listen to this, but we had a lady the other day we got called to YCWA and whoever the girl that was organizing this little move obviously didn't understand how it works, but they call us. And she has a lady that needs to get up to Hurley. Well, when this, this lady gets in the rig, she's like, oh, no, 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 I don't need to go to ER. I just need to get over there urgent care because they have imaging. I need to get, I think I might have broke my collarbone or whatever it was. I don't remember exactly. So my partner's like, well, you know, we can't take you to the, ur- the urgent care. And then I look at him. He looks at me. I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. Get in. We'll just run you up there. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's whatever well and you know we pull around she gets out she goes in and it's you know it's just it's not cost effective or good for business and sorry sports ambulance i get jammed up but it's this little moments you know it's it's what we do it's what my partner dan and i can do it's how we can show the love of christ it's just every now and again we're not going to jam this person up right huge ambulance ride we're just gonna say maybe hey you know you yes you do have covid but your breathing's still good and it's probably more comfortable to be miserable here than it would be in the waiting room yeah okay it's okay for me to stay home yes it's okay for you to stay home and then and then we're out and now they're not jammed up and they're home and all those things but that's just i'm finding it the older i get it's just much easier you know, I'm not, listen, I still get mad. Right, Ashley? I still get mad. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's, it's much easier not to hold on to that and just be like, you know. The weight is different. It's like, it's like right. an overwhelming, hopeless, discouraging weight instead of it just being a hard breathe through, like what I was describing earlier of a, it's with purpose mm-hmm. and intent weight. Like, Jesus can do something with it. So I'm going to breathe through this and, (laughs) you know, and and get through Uh instead of just walking around slashing a sword everywhere because I'm, I'm hurt, you know, like it it doesn't, it really, it it expands my pain rather than helps it. Yeah. So there's a, for sure. There's a, there's something that saves me all the time. Cause I used to get really annoyed or really frustrated. And it's just like, it's a mentality. It's like a higher perspective, but it's, you know, it's, it's a humble perspective, but it's a higher perspective. And when Jesus was on the cross and he's looking at all of these people and he's literally in ten, in intense pain, you know, while he's serving and giving right. himself for these people and they're cursing him. And they're spitting on him and they're calling for his death and he's in agony. And he says, forgive them father for they know not what they do. Right. And I was like, wow, just thinking about that. Do they know that they were mocking Jesus, the King of Kings? Yeah, they knew. Did they know that they were calling for his death? Mm -hmm. But they had no idea what they were really doing. Right. No idea. They were operating out of ignorance. 
out of survival. They were being influenced. They were being, you know, brainwashed to think all of this stuff. They were being stirred up. They were uh, being played upon. Their emotions were being played upon and they were frustrated and, you know, all of this stuff. And Jesus looked at him and he knew, and he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And like that uh-huh. phrase has saved my life from bitterness. Oh, yeah. When people spit in my face, when they mistreat me, character assassinate me, whatever they want to do, you know, it hurts and I have to process, but I don't remain bitter because I understand that they don't, they truly do not know. What they right. Do. Yeah. yeah. And, you know what's and- wild about that right there, Shawnee? This is going to take our friendship all the way back full circle because back in the day we had this conversation about what happens next. You know, Jesus is literally, he's praying for the people that are killing him. I've heard this said too. He's like being crucified on the tree that he spoke into existence. You know, he's being mocked and cursed and he's praying for the people that are killing him. And then after he dies and his side is pierced, the one, the centurion, it was like, Oh, snap. This truly was the son of God. Yeah. You know, so um, like, imagine that he, in the seconds that he's dying, that dude, like the last guy in the mission of, of killing Christ is like, Oh, like imagine, can you even, I can't, I think about it all the time. I don't know why, but I always go to that dude. But can you even imagine in that second? And that's just like the most, purest perfect example of salvation in that last possible second that last possible breath yes that you could be like oh you know boom believer and what what made that happen it was the beautiful model of the love of god it was a sacrificial love that moves people that even though they may outwardly be showing you angst or hostility your life is still speaking to them. Mm-hmm. Your response to them is still speaking to them. Even if they, it looks like you're talking to a brick wall. There's still something happening there. How you respond, how you live in front of them, how you react speaks to them deeply. So, and that's, that's what happened. The centurion, he was like, <laughs> he's watching oh. the whole thing. Right. Not knowing, not knowing, not knowing, then that's the oh. problem. Right. The power of the life model, you know? Right. Wild. Wild. So at this point in this show, Shawnee, we kind of land a plane by everybody kind of closes it out with a final thought for the listeners. You know, quite a few of our listeners are first responder folks, you know, uh healthcare people. So what we'll do is we'll We'll, I don't know, Ashley, you want to start? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, if we go back to the original, like, apathy, empathy type thing, I want to be somebody that's full of empathy, but it feels like I'm not in control in those moments. It feels very much... I'm feeling sadness and like whatever it is in that day for somebody else, for whatever is going on in my life. And I think in those moments, it feels very like it's just, it's a river. It's a wave. It's like, God's just 
so good. So Jesus, like, walk me through this. Be with me. I know, Jim, you've said that, like, at one point you're just like, God, I just need to know that you're with me in it. I just need to know that we're doing this thing together. And mm-hmm. so I, I think for me, like, I can't somehow try to hold all this back. I have a lot of expectations on what I think I should do or react or what. And, and I'm relearning. I'm learning new ways right now. And there's a freedom in that, but it's also kind of scary when you've not done it before. It's overwhelming when I want to fix life and I want to help people and I want to do things, but God has a different way. And learning that and being like surrendering to that is really cool. And then on the other hand, the fighting and like apathy, like even right now, I, I know like, I've let go on the things that help me like guard my body, my mind, my like even just like, hey, Ash, the last two weeks, you've you've not done the things that you should and it shows, hey, let's get back to like, you know what you need to do type thing. So I feel very encouraged and convicted in some of those ways, too. So I that's not really encouragement, but I just I think, you know, hey, Jesus and then do what I need to do, and then let him, like, lead me in that. And, yeah, I, that's, what I, that's what I've got. Shawnee? Am I up? You're up. <laughs> I just want to encourage those who are really weary and really tired. Um, and I just want to say that, you know, you're not alone in that. Um, we're all weary in, in different ways. And I just want to encourage you to just continue to breathe and choose life every day. Um, that one phrase, choose life, um, that I, I've spoken to so many people in their most brokenhearted moments. Um, sometimes we don't feel it, but it's just really important to make the choice to choose life, to look yourself in the mirror and say, and if I'm looking at myself, I say, Shawnee, choose life. I'm choosing life today. Um, it's really hard when you're tired, you know? So I just want to encourage those of you who are just tired of life. Even if you don't feel it, even if you feel bitter, if you feel tired and worn out, just begin to look yourself in the mirror and just say, choose life. I choose life today because your feeling will follow your choice. And what we agree with, And what we think about, we empower. And so if I'm choosing life, then I'm empowering life. If I'm choosing love today, I'm empowering love. And if I'm saying it, I'm creating something in my brain. I'm creating a new pathway of thought. I'm creating a space where there was none before. So I just encourage those of you who are really tired and who just don't feel like it to to begin to look yourself in the face and say it, declare it, that you choose life, that you choose love today, that I choose to heal today. Maybe that I just choose to breathe today, you know, whatever it is. And because what we agree with, we empower. And if you, and and what we think about, we empower, right? So there's an agreement with our thought. And so if we're just thinking about how bad it is all the time, and if we're thinking about how tired we are all the time, then we're going to empower that. We're going to make it bigger. So just maybe that little thing, just that little moment of choosing life, of choosing love, you know, of choosing to embrace this day, 
will make the, the difference for you. And I just want to say thank you again to every single person out there today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Um, and I just want to let you know that you are loved and that you are seen and that you are thought about and prayed for all the time and that you are appreciated. Right on. Yeah. All right. So um, how what I'm going to do tonight is you know, we talked about a, a dear friend of ours, uh, Mark Hubbard. We know him as Papa Gnome. Um, and like we were talking about earlier in an episode, just he loved recklessly. But if you just take a little fraction of that, and in our world for EMS folks, being loving, showing that kind of love and being kind is nothing more than holding grandma's hand as you walk her down the, you know, down the steps to the stretcher or holding her hand or speaking softly, being gentle when she's in the ambulance or being kind to the family, being kind to the patient, even if it's the 10th of the day, just those little steps, just little baby steps of showing that kindness, remembering why you started this thing in the beginning. It was to take care of people. It was to help people. Um, for those of us who knew him best, you know, or even just a little bit, this episode we're going to dedicate to Papa Nome, to Mark Hubbard. You know, he was like the lovingest of the loving. You know, the dude is first ballot Hall of Fame, godly man, lover of the people. So, you know, thank you to Freedom Center and Kingdom Builders for your constant love and support. And, you know, continue to check us out on socials. We hate them, but they serve a purpose. <laughs> so you'll get your information there. And that's that. Thank you, Shawnee, for coming in. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was kind of a deep episode, but like I said, you're only you were the only one that we could have do this episode. So thanks again. And that's it. See you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>